welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We're your guests, Hiram and Zap. And we're your hosts, Parker Dillman and Stephen Craig. This is episode number 69. If you enjoy the MEP, please let others know about us. Tell your coworkers, your friends, your family, your loved ones, and share it on social media at Macrofab or follow us on Facebook. And our Instagram is at Macrofab Inc. At some point during the show, we're going to announce a secret code word. If you email us the code word and your address, we'll send you some cool Macrofab swag. And the email address is podcast at macrofab.com. Yeah, we don't even know what the secret code word is yet. So neither we'll figure it out our, sometime during the podcast. Neither our guests, which this week is Hyron and Zap of and not XOR. Um, Hyron, you know, Hyron is a mathematician, computer scientist, and systems engineer, making the world a better place with homebrew booze and electronic bling. And Zap has been writing software since age eight, eventually making a career in developing for Java systems. He has since been promoted away from the keyboard, and his life is now now MS Office and meetings, which is how he wrote it. But <laughs> I don't think he actually is the MS Office suite. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, guys. No problem. Thank you. Hey, thanks. So, um, I think this is the first like incognito podcast we've ever done, where <laughs> no one knows your real names. Dun dun dun. <laughs> so, you know, speaking of high run and and zap, how did y'all come up with your online handles? Uh, well, mine's not too exciting. I really got into a lot of PC games. And Deus Ex on the PC way back in early 2000s is one of my favorite. And there's a side quest in there called the Hiram Project where there's like a bunch of quantum computers that are slaved to humans. It's managed by the Illuminati. It's, it's just like an RPG game, but I like the handle, so I continue to use it over, uh, whatever, 16, 17 years now. Has there ever been anyone that's like, I know that reference? I barely. I've had it a couple of times. <laughs> it's like a secret nod handshake where you're like, what's up? You know the old PC game that no one played but has tons of respect. <laughs> you know you know what was great? Uh, so since we're doing a remote uh, podcast here, uh, we sometimes have a little bit of latency issues. And right oh. when you said humans, it kind of... It, it kind of skipped just a little bit, so it was like, and then humans. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty. It was pretty great. <laughs> it's the Illuminati jumping in, controlling the podcast. Oh right, yeah, yeah. No, they're they're censoring from from far away. So, and Zap. Um, so y'all make a bender board. Is Zap Brandigan with us today? Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of the Futurama series. I really, really wish that the show would come back, but I love the Zap quotes. Um, not really the way I treat my wife or anything, but I do love his. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do love the character, and uh, actually, for the the Macrofab YouTube video we did, I was like, I need a handle uh, because I don't want to use my real name with this. So I was like, Zap sounds like a good one, so I just adopted it. So, so nothing as cool as Hiron. You know. You know how they did for, like, Family Guy, they did the Cleveland show and stuff? What if they made a Zap Brannigan show? That'd be amazing. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, okay. And then what about and not XOR? I so mean, it's and, Gates, but. So, it, yeah, it's Gates. Um, it's literally something I created while walking through the halls of DEF CON at DEF CON 20. I made a Twitter handle that meant nothing. It means nothing. Um, the original idea was let's figure out a way to troll all the DEF CON attendees. Uh, everyone was crazy about going to parties. Let's come up with a fake party, tell people to meet us at a place we weren't, and we'll give them tickets to this party that doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, so I, sorry, not sorry, but you know, that's how it started. Um, that's awesome. And yeah, so just, they fell for social engineering. It's on them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we got about 100 followers out of that, um, and it just became the label for the group of three, and now we're up to, to five people. And now we actually make real things, and we don't troll people anymore. Well, on, well not too much. Yeah, I about to say. <laughs> I mean, you've seen the Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait till you see this year's badge. So speaking of the badge, um, when you go to the and not XOR Twitter page, what's badge life? Hashtag badge life. What's that all so, about? So it's um, it's a lifestyle, right? So 
I have a full-time job. Iron, the other three guys, they have full-time jobs as well. So it's pretty much every hour we have a free time is going to developing this badge. Um, it's certainly not making a profit off of this if you're spending all your time working on it. So it's more of an endeavor to learn new things, try new things you've never done before, and just put some cool hardware into a bunch of hackers' hands. And these are badges that you actually wear at DEF CON, right? At DEF CON with all the other badges you can collect. It's kind of like Pokemon. So, yeah, that's because um, DEF CON has their own official badge, correct? Correct. They have um, about every other year it's electronic, and there's usually a very deep puzzle in it that, that Lost creates. Uh, and then there are a variety of other groups, probably about 12 to 15, maybe 20 groups that also make their own electronic badges that they fund their various villages and parties with. Ours we just make for fun because we can. So um, when when did making badges for like DEF CON and stuff start? Ooh, that's like a trivia. I, I, I mean, they've always had them, but I think electronic badges didn't pick up till what, DC 16, 17? Yeah, I think 16 had a TV Be Gone badge. Uh, and DEF CON has a history of very creative badges. They had one that was filled with goo. They have a black badge that has a uh, radioactive material in it. Uh, others that are mecha- other black badges that are mechanical. So it's kind of part of the, the culture. So does it kind of become like this, this big ordeal that people spend a lot of time on, or is this something that you guys are a little bit unique in that way? We are certainly unique, um, and that's probably part of the badge life, right? We spend a lot of our time working on this. A lot of people spend time trying to collect them and try to hack. There are contests around hacking these badges from a variety of groups. Uh, Defcon, hacking the Defcon badge is certainly the biggest contest out there. So the um, you said there's a lot of different groups that build different badges. Um, is there like a community around that or forms, um, IRC channel, or is that like secret? Because you don't hear it's, about it because you see badges all the time on Hackaday, but there's like you don't see like the behind the scenes, I guess, about it. So a lot of the ones in Hackaday, we learn about the first time on there. But there there are some back-channel type of communications between a lot of the DEF CON groups and then some other B-sides um, and some uh, smaller conference groups out there uh, where we you know share experiences and lessons learned, uh, horror stories with vendors, whatever. And so we you know, try to help each other out, try to encourage each other. And overall, that's really upped our game, especially this year uh, where we've We've got much better products, and I've gotten some previews of some of the badges coming this year, and they're amazing. Yeah, I was reading some of the information about your badge, and because that why I bring it up is about the community stuff is because you all mentioned being able to hack other badges, and that that's is like is there like some, um, I guess a like a badge protocol? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess you can support that way. Um. I can't talk about that yet. Um, kind of confirm or deny anything in that existence. Um, oh, okay. Redacted. Redacted. I would say, like, you know, how you're making badges hackable, I think it's also one of the design challenges. Because when people make a normal piece of electronic or software, you usually want to lock it down and make it solid and don't let people, you know, exploit it or take advantage of it. But everyone that's making these badges we're trying to leave back doors in and we're trying to put hints on there and you know we're trying to make it a game so people can find little ways to break into it change it do do unexpected things to it so it's it's kind of a project in a game not just something you you wear around your neck so so is that kind of expected in a way like if you if you see one of these badges you can expect that there's more to it than maybe what you see I would say so. Yeah, that's cool. There, there, there's a lot more to our badge than what you see. Um, there are ways uh, to hack between badges and and some other techniques uh, that we'll reveal later. But there's some really cool things we built, and we spent a lot of time on it. And if you look at some of the write-ups on past badges, uh, such as the CypherCon 2.0 badge, they built in ways where you could hack one badge and then pivot over to other badges that are nearby and pivot and pivot and pivot and so on. So there's a lot of really creative stuff that goes on with these things. Yeah. 
Or if you look at, um, well, we can talk about last year's badge more. If you look at the DC-24 Bender badge, I mean, you could plug it into a USB port, fire up Putty, and there was a complete maintenance terminal with different unlocks and games where every time you would unlock something, a different LED would light up and you would get certain bling or certain modes or games unlocked. If you got a certain score in a game, you would unlock something else. If you set your name to something or if, if you tried to make the name overflow happen a certain way, you could, you could make something unlock a different way. So we kind so of try to put a ton of layers in. to this. Yes, like Taco Town. <laughs> like Taco, <laughs> Taco Town. Town. <laughs> yeah, they shared his uh, SNL skit with us before the podcast called Taco Town. I guess we'll have to put that link in the podcast description now. So I'm thinking here, why not just make a badge that's just an enormous EMP pulse, and it just blasts and destroys all the other badges, and you're like, I hacked them all, I, I, I won. <laughs> if uh, you I'm going to go write that down in our spreadsheet for next year. Yeah, okay, there, there we go. <laughs> They'll call you next year steven and say how can we make an emp pulse that will fit in a briefcase so we can actually bring it yeah well if if i could do that then i don't know the government would take me away or something like that i, I would be i would be more scared of those that run the north end of vegas and caesar's palace yeah yeah <laughs> can you imagine if he took out like all the slot machines <laughs> yeah you wouldn't be allowed back at vegas um so yeah so las vegas defcon right um i guess i don't know too much about defcon because i've never been um i've actually never been super interested in it because it always sounds like it's a software event because you know it's hacking um but with all this badge stuff it's more piqued my interest in terms of because you know i'm a hardware guy um so if someone goes to Defcon, what should they expect? I know it's a big question, but <laughs> no, it's, so, it's a good thing. Yeah. It is. Um, so it's a very eccentric group, and it's a very broad range of interests. So you mentioned software and hacking, right? So software is just one aspect. They hack everything from uh, cryptography to cars. Uh, this year, they've added voting machines, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. Wait, did you say voting uh, machines? Voting machines, yeah. uh, I just learned this week, is new to DEF CON this year. Uh, that, and, uh, and we're talking about, like, legit hacking, not, like, life hack crap, which is, like, using Ex a house, a hold item for a slightly different purpose. There's, yes, yeah. there's a whole village on how to eat bananas upside down. <laughs> I killed a cockroach by hitting it with a cast iron skillet. I've hacked Life the cast hack. iron skillet, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but he's... And, and the reason they do some of that is... I think they kind of look at it like, you know, the power of many is better than a few. And if you pick a security conference like DEF CON and bring your voting machines there, you have somewhere in an audience of twenty to 30,000 people that can have free reign at your equipment and you can figure out what's wrong. And then in the way, the community is happy that they're contributing to make things better. You know, it's sure. I mean, and, and not just like you said, not just software. I know Zap was mentioning like, like you said, cars and voting machines. There's there's lock picking villages. I mean, last year I started getting more interested in picking locks, and it's it's kind of a fun thing. You just get some clear locks and a tool set, and it's a good therapeutic way to watch TV. It even uh, you know helped me get interested in like this Macrofab uh, podcast kit that showed up, and the the combo was off. So I looked at it. I'm like, oh, it's a three wheel combo, <laughs> and got my little eyepiece out, looked at the side, found the white notch in the plastic, and I didn't need to know the combo actually crack that and got it back open but you know you can go there and say yeah yeah i'll send that to you You guys didn't have the right combo but i got it open in about 30 seconds but you can go there and learn to pick locks if you want they everyone will sit down and teach you if you are willing to learn and it doesn't have to be software it can be computer hardware cars voting machines locks social engineering's a big village there so you, it all you, has to yeah oh no you you mentioned villages so what are those they so like villages, they're much bigger than booths. They're uh, whole conference areas. They've expanded quite a bit. I think they're up to a couple thousand square feet apiece. Uh, but they have entire talk tracks of their own. They A lot of the villages have their own badges that will help fund themselves. Um, they will, they'll have demonstrations and hands-on events. It just depends on the village. Uh, there's an IoT village, which I know, Stephen, you'll be interested in. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that would be great. I would. I yes. would have a field day in that room. Is there, is there an IoT toilet that you could use? <laughs> I guaranteed. <laughs> but it's pretty much come you here mean, and you just mean break hack, all of right? Our... Not use. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much break all of our IoT stuff, right? Just own it. Sure. Uh, so there's depending on what you're interested in, there's usually something there for you. It's not just about hacking in the traditional like CNN sort of perspective. The, the guy in the the black hoodie with you know a oh, mask and a keyboard. I was thinking more of Kung Fury Hacker Man style. There, <laughs> with a Commodore 64 and a power glove. <laughs> Hacking yeah, <they're>... time. <laughs> how how uh, how long does DefCon go on for? It's about three days. Uh, it's, things start to get going on Thursday, uh, but it's mostly Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, and Friday and Saturday are all-day talks. In the evenings, it's villages and contests, and then oh, can you uh, repeat that? Late at night, it's uh, so in the evenings, it's villages and contests, and then late night parties till you know three, four, five in the morning. So it's just nonstop. Uh, you only Fun go to your room to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds a lot like a pinball fest because those are what I, I generally go to. And I actually was thinking, like, I should build a badge for, like, Midwest Gaming Classic. Yes, you should. A pinball yes. badge. A pinball. Well, like, the the best would be to, like, troll people and get a pinball machine and attach it to a lanyard. And, <laughs> like, just drag it around. Make it, like, Flava Flav with the clock except <laughs> a pinball machine instead. <laughs> It's, it's a 700-pound badge hanging off of yeah, your yeah. neck. Just put on casters. It'd be cool. Yeah, there we go. Actually, that would be make an electronic pinball badge. Make the LEDs, the track, and the ball bounce around. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be really cool. Okay, putting that in our spreadsheet. Yep. <laughs> so it's like what? You said 20000 That's a, a $10,000 idea right there. Yeah. <laughs> in 2,000 hours of work. Yes, exactly. Um, you so, mean you can't just buy a Raspberry Pi and it'll work, it'll be done? <laughs> if you just man. poke it with a stick, why are you How many emails I get that are like that? Uh, like, did y'all hack my, my email? <laughs> um, so, def, yeah, back to DEF CON. Um, so I know, because I know some people that go to Burning Man, and there's a lot of, like, unwritten rules about Burning Man. Um, so usually when you go for the first time, you go with a friend. And so, because they know all the rules, is that is DefCon like that, or is it more accessible to like a newbie like Stephen and I? So the only thing I'd say about is being a newbie, you don't necessarily have to go with a friend. I actually went by myself the first time. Uh, do not bring a phone, or don't bring a phone you care about. Turn off your wireless and your Bluetooth, and don't take pictures of anybody. Other than that, just have fun and go pick things that you, you are interested in and go learn. So what's with the pictures? Uh, uh, well, hackers, you know, if you go to DEF CON, they only take cash because they don't they don't want anybody you know, sending them a subpoena and getting who their attendee list is. Okay. Um, so there's kind of a, a culture there that, you know, concerned about the feds coming in and, um, you know, figuring out who they are or arresting people because uh, DEF CON has a history that, over the last 20 years or so. Yeah. I uh, mean, so pictures are, are definitely off limits. So no one do... with Google Glass should go. Well, don't take yeah, Google Glass. I, I've seen people with Google Glass there. Um, it's, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, if, if you think about it, it's their 25th anniversary. It hasn't been that long. I'd say even less than the past 10 years, last five years where you see people advertising jobs for security professionals. Like, like people are now taking security seriously with all the break-ins and everything happening, and you can be a hacker and make it a, res I, I don't want to say respectable profession, but one that's, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? One that's acknowledged, yeah, yeah. Be because 15, 20 years ago, if you're like, hey, I'm good at hacking computers, you were treated like a criminal. You know, it was... It was seen as something that, oh, that there's no good that can come from that. And now companies and everyone's realizing, like, oh, yeah, the guys who understand security can actually, you know, make our software and our computers and our door locks and everything better. So I, I still think, you know, that's kind of a holdover in the, just in that main sense of respecting people's privacy. And some are uncomfortable about having their names mm -hmm. known or their faces taking pictures of and whatnot. Totally. 
So actually, question, um, because y'all had to do a Kickstarter for your badge. Did y'all actually have to punch in your real names into Kickstarter? Perhaps. <laughs> They'll never confirm. Well, we'll move on then. No deny. <laughs> uh, we we did this year versus last year. We did go legit, so we do have a we do have a legal entity an LLC that we're running a lot of this under. So that that helps us quite a bit to shield us from that kind of scrutiny. Sure, gotcha. Uh, it also is a, a good way to run a, you know the money and things like that since our project is a lot bigger this year than it was last year. Keeps everything a lot cleaner. Delaware, right? A California of all places. Ah, okay. So, yep. Okay, so the badge, which is why y'all are here. Specifications. Oh, yeah, the badge. So what 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 does the badge look like, I guess? It's not just a lanyard with a, a clear plastic thing with a piece of paper in it. No, no, that's too boring. With your um, name on it. <laughs> so last year we did the, the bender from Futurama, which everyone knows is the bender badge. Um, turns out that was what everyone liked about it. So we couldn't throw that away. But what's more Las Vegas than Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? So we we took that theme, uh, looked at, there's a Hunter S. Thompson uh, artwork based off of the, the movie and merged it with Bender. So basically it's Bender with the floppy hat and the sunglasses kind of merged together into, into a PCB. And then we dropped all of our hardware on that. And he's got his little cig holder and we had to put a little LED at the tip of that cigarette. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and his whole grill, I guess, teeth. His um, his whole yes, his whole grill is a, a four by three LED matrix, so we can make that light up and do all sorts of interesting patterns. Each eye is an LED, and then as well as the cigar. So I guess uh, I guess we're going for more visuals. We exposed uh, the underlying mask too to make the little stencil for the sunglasses, so you have this nice copper um, exposed sunglass rim around the eyes as well. Yeah, if you look if you look at the in the right light, you get the nice the the sunglasses actually kind of shine pretty pretty nicely on the rims. Uh, as far as the specs, uh, we have an ARM Cortex M4F. It's based on the Nordic uh, NRF52, and we're using the BMD300 module. Small company based out of Salem, Oregon, that uh, helps us out with that. And then yeah, that one twenty eight by Go ahead. I said that that guy's got uh, built-in um, Wi-Fi. Uh, built-in uh, BLE 4.2. Okay. okay. It, it, okay. Yeah, it also supports Ant and uh, NFC. We didn't support either one of those. We're just doing the BLE this time around. Uh, interesting story about that company. So I cold emailed them out of the blue asking for samples. And within a day, I got a response back directly from the CEO who is traveling in China with an out-of-office reply saying, to his entire staff, hook these guys up, give them a reel for this nice price, and send them a bunch of samples because we love DEF CON. Turns out that the co-founders of that company are both DEF CON black, black badge holders. Ah. So we we struck a chord there uh, with these guys in, in at Regato, and uh, so that's what we ended up picking this year because they they hooked us so up. So did they know or did the CEO CEO know about the Bender badge or did y'all just say, "Hey, we're building a badge for Defcon?" We just said, "Hey, we're building a badge for Defcon." And gotcha. it helps a it helps a lot when you have um, past work. So we sent the Hackaday article on on last year's badge. We sent a lot of the media and things like that and said, so "This is what we did last year. This is what we're planning to do next year. Uh, what what sort of samples do you have?" And they just uh, hooked us up. It was it was great. Yeah, we'll totally uh, pimp them on the blog. That sounds really cool of them. Yeah, and again, they're a small company out of Oregon, so we like to support them any way we can. Um, so, the, the, so the badge. Um, one of my questions I want to ask is because um, when you read like the Kickstarter page and stuff, it talks about a lot of like bling and blinking LEDs. <laughs> now, is there is there a way? Is there too many blinking LEDs that you can put on a board? Never, never, huh? Never. In, um, in your hopes and spirits, never, never, but, never. I mean, but there's so many GPIO. Yeah, well, you can always you know matrix them or Charlieplex them to get more. Yeah. And y'all are using the WS twenty eight twelve, so you can. What well, I think the data sheet says, like it can be infinitely chained. 
Um, <laughs> which they, they they can be, although in practicality that doesn't work very well. Yeah, I think you max out like 500 or so. Yeah, and one of the issues we have this year is uh, the WS2812Bs, they require very precise timing, as everyone knows. I really don't like these things, but we had to fall back to them this year. Um, so in order to get the timing, we had to DMA the data over over SPY mm -hmm. to them. And with the Nordic DMA, that limited us to 20 LEDs. Fortunately, we only have 15, so we're okay for this year, but it's a bit of a hack. Uh, but that's what we're doing there. And with Bling, it turns out hackers like Bling. So one of the big selling points with badges is does it flash and does it have a screen? I'll buy it. Ha uh, hackers are, it's like, uh, this is kind of stereoty stereotype, I guess, but it's like black t-shirt, blue jeans, blinking LEDs. Is that like, <laughs> is that like what that you should wear when you go to DEF CON? Yeah, exactly. Or a blinking shirt. There are some shirts that have uh, EL displays on them that you know have spectrum analyzers or something on them. But yeah, anything with lights, black shirts, and cargo shorts, you're okay. Oh man, I haven't worn cargo shorts in like since high school. <laughs> they, have, they have to be. Hiron only wears cargo shorts. They're utilitarian. Fit lots of stuff. Yes. <laughs> you got to carry your pineapple somewhere. You can ask my wife. She's upset that I only own cargo shorts, and she tells me I need to grow up. <laughs> so um what kind of software are y'all running on this uh badge i mean it's stuff that y'all have written but yeah um so i've done most of this go ahead oh i was just gonna say our <laughs> own <laughs> windows 95 uh no i'm kidding i'd be really impressed if that was true we wanted to. We really wanted to run Doom on this, and we we couldn't make it work. It would have used up all of the flash, and would have been pretty much all of our time to run one simple game. Uh, you um, always got to have a goal for next year. It, if you well, have yeah. a fear and loathing bender that plays Doom hanging from your chest, oh, you would crash Hackaday. Yeah, no, it, it right. <laughs> they they just shut down the website because they don't need to post anything ever anything again. Else? Ever. <laughs> Sorry, Hackaday is closed from the last post we just posted. Yeah. <laughs> Now I'm disappointed I didn't crash Hackaday. Darn it. Because <laughs> usually it's um, the other way around. Your website crashes because of Hackaday. What, what was yeah. that? He, uh, Porker sent me a comic the other day where it was like aliens landed on Earth or something like that, and they dropped some like super futuristic computer, and scientists were looking at it, and then hackers just have, have ended up putting doom on this like super futuristic computer. Oh, no, it was like the difference between a computer <laughs> scientist or a computer engineer and a computer... Um, Scientists, a computer scientist is like, this alien computer is so complex, we'll right. never understand its architecture. And the computer engineer's like, he pops out of it and goes, Doom's running on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. So, so yeah, so next year, right, guys? Doom. Next year, Doom. And why not multiplayer Doom while we're at it, since we're coming up with big ideas? Oh, if everyone yeah. at DEF CON automatically linked together and was in, like, a giant Doom death match. Yeah, that, no, there you oh, go. I, There's next year. I don't think we... <laughs> well, that's if you use Blast Processing, you can get that to work. Yeah. <laughs> what is this Blast Processing, other than, what, Sega Genesis, uh, their, their code word for speeding up their processor temporarily oh yeah so of course we had to put some lulls on the page but yeah sega had some bs advertising i think a lot of people thought it was the processor it refers to the dma yep they could they get to the memory faster so they could just grab the, the data and shove it into the video processor and i think it, it helped you get your colors i think up to 256 256 per line I'd have to look it up. I can't remember. But in comparison um, to what the Sega could do, I think at like 7 megahertz or, or whatnot, uh, our Regato exceeds that. So we met our goal for satisfying blast processing for DMA. <laughs> <laughs> so you run that, you run those LEDs faster. Oh, no, you have a screen on it, don't you? So you're running the screen. Run, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it's 128 by 128. Uh, it's display. It's 24-bit native, but we run it 16-bit, and we're pushing from the SD card at about 5.9 megabits per second. Are you uh, running um, 
spy off the SD card or actually four bit? No, actually spy. Okay. It's we have on two different spy buses. We're just DMAing just straight across. Uh, Yolo. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually because um because I I helped design a uh, pinball controller and you know to do four bit off an SD card you have to have like proprietary you know crap and pay a licensing fee so we just spy off of it. Um, interesting. Cheap and easy. Yeah, spy was pretty. Yeah, Nordic just came. They came with a driver for that. They actually released the driver right when I was starting to use the SD card, so it was perfect timing for me. Uh, so I just hooked up the spy and then basically dumped the data into a buffer and then throw it onto the DMA for the screen. And because we're using the five six five big Endian format for all the images, we don't have to do any processing. It's just a straight through. Uh, so it, if you look at our Hackaday posts on this, you can see that we're reading and writing, reading from the SD and then writing to the display at the same time uh, and getting about 22 frames per second with that. And the um, the screen, is that a, is it spy interfaced? If you haven't seen it. Is all, what was that? Yes, it's all spy. Okay. Yeah, so it's actually pretty good. Nordic- 22 FPS for a spy screen is actually pretty good. Excuse me. Yeah, it's, it's the 33K per frame so we're pushing quite a bit of data across yeah you're ripping it what the yeah what's the speed on that uh 5.9 megabits is to what the i screen? measured it at to the screen wow. uh and it's an eight megahertz spy bus cool so it, we're we still have some i guess some overhead that we can tease out of it but i'm not really going to go after that 22 is more than enough for for this project yeah well the human eye can only uh, see 30 right yeah and actually when you when you look at it in person on the on the badge it looks it looks nice and seamless so it's good enough for us all right so um last thing about the badge secret component can y'all say what that is uh so we we can reveal uh one thing there are some things we're not ready yet they're not quite done um but we have a thing we call it ticklish. So it's a tickle interpreter, and we call it ish because it's it's like tickle. It won't run your favorite tickle scripts if you have any, uh, but it will let you you put these it'll let you put these tickle scripts on the SD card. You can read I/O, you can write I/O, you can change the LEDs, draw out of the screen, uh, do a lot of different things in the badge that we do in the native C code. So uh, you're not bullshitting us. Ticklish is actually a language. Well, tickle is a language, okay. um, and we put a tickle interpreter on there, and we call it ticklish because we it, there were about seven different commands that came with the interpreter we put on there, and we added another thirty for unique badge things, hacking things. You know what, Parker? Hacking. I think we found our code word. What's code word? Ticklish. Ticklish. Ticklish is the is the secret code word for this for this <laughs> podcast. I, I actually was going to think about tickle interpreter. Yeah, let's just keep it a ticklish. Yeah, we'll just one word is easy. Nice. Uh, so yeah, email that into podcast at macrofab dot com along with your address, and we'll send you some sweet gear. Yeah, <laughs> and it's T C L I S H. Oh, uh, there's a there's a specific way to spell it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think one thing we didn't mention though for for DefCon twenty five, their theme is is kind of a throwback. Like, if you look at the images and what they're trying to go for, it's it's supposed to be, like, this retro back 25 years theme. So we tried to make sure all of our features kind of have this throwback theme. Like, we m- purposely picked Tickle because it's, it's one of the older languages. Uh, we got some older games on there, like Ski Free, and, and we made our own Flappy. We wrote a Chip 8 emulator to pull more games on there, Chip 8 being a older older cosmic bip system mm-hmm. so in ski free does the abominable snowman run after you and eat you no but man bear pig does oh, amazing <laughs> that's incredible and you can make that work change. on a 128 by 128 screen yeah it, it's not too hard the the uh sprites are about 12 by 12 i think uh and the, the man bear pig only comes out when you crash uh so it's not chasing you down the hill like in the old ski free but it's it's pretty good still. Awesome. So you were talking earlier about um, why y'all 
build badges, badge life, and it's about learning, right? Or doing stuff Correct. that's different than your day-to-day -day job. So how long have you all been designing hardware for? Because your descriptions, that's not what you all do. <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, so I spent about 10 years doing Java. and I feel and so HTML. bad for you. <laughs> you should. <laughs> uh, I don't do it anymore. I do office and I do meetings and travel. Um, but when I was hands on the keyboard, uh, it was worrying about how many gigabytes of RAM should I give my Java virtual machine? Um, so switching over to hardware and especially embedded like this, it's worrying about you know, how many kilobytes of RAM am I using by this particular function or even how many hundreds of bytes am I using? So it's, it's a very different world than what I'm used to. Uh, for me personally, I don't know about Hyren, but uh, I've only been doing this for about 18 months. Before DEF CON 23, I didn't know how to solder. And so watching you know, one member of our group build the Crypto and Privacy Village badge for DEF CON 23, I was like, that's really something I'd like to do. That forced me to you know, learn Arduino, learn how to solder, and then you know, learn how to make my own PCB. So Arduino was your entry, that gateway drug. It was... It was my gateway drug. Uh, literally a week after DEF CON 23, I went home on Amazon and bought an Arduino kit and went through all 15 projects in a couple of days and learned every single bit of them, why they worked, learned all their code, and then moved on to my own thing with 555 timer, made my own PCBs for you know ornaments for friends and family, and and then that eventually became Bender. In, in less than two years, right? That Bender badge was less than a year. It was twelve well, months. It was oh, ben, Bender V one. Yeah, Bender yeah, has a five 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 timer as a brain, or is it a six five zero two? Six five zero two. Yeah. I remember. I Which remember is that scene. The, there's an episode where it shows that. Yeah, it's Fry's got the X-ray like flashlight. Oh yeah, and he yeah, shines yeah. it at um, Bender's head, and it's got six five zero two in it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really impressive to, to come from not really being in the game and to producing what you have. Uh, personally, I love it. Um, this is what I do in my free time now, um, mostly because it balances out the office life and the cubicle life. Um, and nice thing about hardware is you, you build everything from the ground up. Everything is you know deterministic. I know everything about everything in this badge. And the the sense of power there is really really kind of unique, so I enjoy it. I enjoy every minute of it. So high run, same question. Yeah, so I got involved in hardware growing up mostly from like a do-it-yourself Radio Shack kits. I would just go buy things, make them, and not really understand why they worked the way they did. And just you know, you follow a little schematic, drop stuff in, solder it. And it kind of tailored off when I just got into coding. And the closest thing I got to hardware for a while is I would do a lot of C and assembly programming. Um, in college, I actually worked on a lot of emulators like Nintendo Entertainment System and Game Boy Advanced emulators. But then I just moved on to other software projects and um, more higher level stuff, web programming, doing security on Red Hat servers. Uh, but I, I ended up, you know, meeting up with Zap and them last year and kind of the same thing, getting the bug going, you know what? I'm going to revisit, you know, look at some of the Arduino stuff, get familiar with it again and really learn how to control hardware with the software and, you know, get into building it and learning how things work the way they do. Um, I can't say that I'm being a software person. I'm a fan of the Arduino IDE, but I think it's a great platform to, to learn off of and branch out into more difficult problems yeah i think that's that's i would agree there that's that's what i have a problem with arduino is people will that's a great way to start you should branch out after you master that um yeah. there's a great huge world out there in hardware that all it takes is just you know that one more step so I would I agree with you 100% there. So this year has been all about getting off of Arduino. I was all Arduino last year. Even the Bender badge was Arduino. And getting to something that was pure C, something that was off of that in Eclipse and GCC and Make and all that, uh, that learning curve is pretty steep, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
it's very rewarding, and I have a lot more control over the hardware now than I do oh, the yeah. merge. We know. We're we're able to. You wouldn't be able to do the graphics driver and everything we've done on that small chip if we were doing what we were doing with those kind of limitations. It's definitely worked out. And we got to program in some chip eight assembly to wrap it in our C to wrap it on there, like a Taco Town game. Yeah. <laughs> Assembly's fun, isn't it? Oh yeah. Especially for some obsolete piece of hardware that you don't know exists anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's actually um because I, I I was on the hardware track for electrical engineering in college, and that's you learn assembly first. And then uh they kind of teach you C and they pretend to teach you like an object oriented program uh software like uh um Java. They pretend to. <laughs> so no, I yeah my my first I was computer science. My first day was here's Java. Go learn it. Write a hash map. Be done in three days, and half the class dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> that that was my solid state class. Here's how electrons flow in, in in you know semiconductor if you dope it with arsenic. Oh man, those classes <laughs> were awesome. That that was when half the class dropped out. <laughs> No, Fate. ours had a weird branch. Like we we went through like you know intro to computer, and then we did C. And before we went to C plus plus, they want us to take assembly, and then they had these special one off classes. And I, I think at the time they didn't want to get in trouble for what they were doing, because after we learned assembly, we went and they said, okay, we're really going to teach you how to do a Nintendo emulator, and we're going to teach you about hardware registers and memory registers that don't exist, and how to map them over and deal with opcodes and everything, and it. So it's kind of nice to look at it from a software perspective, trying to emulate that hardware, but it's 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 not as satisfying as getting your hands on the actual chips. And, oh, yeah. And, to get, actually, you know, messing with registers, that's the juicy stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, guys, um, how can people get a hold of the badge? Besides, I guess, going to DEF CON and trading you a badge... So what, what, what is DEF CON 25? So DEF CON 25 is uh, July 27th through 30th in Las Vegas. The best way to get one at this point is to be at the right place at the right so time. So in two months, design a badge, find these guys, and trade them one. <laughs> that would, actually, that would be the perfect way to do it. I am obsessed with badges, so if you have one, I will trade you uh, if I don't already have it. Uh, or just find us at the right time. Uh, we haven't decided on how much we need to sell these for to, to make back our, our costs, but uh, we'll be announcing on Twitter you know, probably two or three different sales on Thursday and Friday. So, yeah, if y'all find um, the and XOR group at DEFCON 25 and trade them a badge, or I bet you if you bought them beer, lots of beer, you can, might get a badge for them, right? Uh, so beer only got you on the list to maybe move in front of the line. Uh, so last year it was a lot more popular than we thought it would be, a, a, a lot more popular. And this year I, I think might be the same. But uh, what we did was we used Twitter to tweet out our location. Hey, we're out by the pool or on the ninth floor of Paris. And it was first come, first serve. Um, when we did the ninth floor of Paris, we got mobbed by about 600 people. Just the elevators all opened at once, and it was just people everywhere. <laughs> it's like uh, a zombie apocalypse of hackers and slightly smelly people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it was Thursday night, so people had showered on Wednesday. They don't shower on Sunday by Sunday, but Wednesday they all smell, or Thursday they all smell pretty good. So we were, mm -hmm. we're fine. Okay. Uh, yeah. The initial wave. <laughs> yeah, the initial wave. So that's why we sell on Thursdays, so the mobs don't smell bad. And it was kind of nice. We were combing through Reddit, and we found people talking about how they socially engineered people and set up decoys to lead groups in the opposite direction. <laughs> so they're hacking. I people. guess I guess that encourages us to really mess with people. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to a group in line. They said I was I was with a friend at a bar, and you guys tweeted ninth floor Paris. I got up and ran. <laughs> like you just left your friend at the bar with the tab to go find one of these badges. It's like that's crazy. So. It sounds yeah, legit. Probably, yeah, it sounds yeah. legit. We'll probably do something similar this year. I, I think part of the experience is, you know, being 
right place, right time. Hey, you know, I was I was the guy. I was right there. I happened to get it. I think that people will remember that. I know when when I was looking for like the ninja badges at DefCon 20, and you know DefCon 21, 22 type of thing. That's what I really enjoyed, and that's the type of thing that I remembered. So I think giving people that same experience is is worthwhile. So we'll probably try to do something similar this year. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the best way is follow Anodixor on Twitter when you're at the con and unfollow Trust when the con's over <laughs> no 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 keep following <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll trust us maybe you won't we'll, we'll see what happens so so my phone runs the main twitter account and no kidding in my pocket the entire weekend it was non-stop buzzing and beeping and everything from twitter it was crazy that's cool uh but i actually i i'm an introvert but i really enjoyed that a lot i enjoyed a lot of the conversations i had with people i enjoyed um, just getting to nerd out about all the specs and the badge and not just it has blinky lights, but here's some of the cool things we put into it and a lot of the thought that I spent the last year on. So that was my favorite part. And uh, I was actually really impressed at the uh, your hackaday.io page for oh, yeah. the badge. It has yeah. all the specs. It has, like, basically almost everything about the, uh, about the, uh, the vendor badge. Yeah, and, and last year we put the entire bomb on there. Uh, we'll probably do the same this year once uh, it's final now. It's just a matter of finding time to put it up there. But we'll put the bomb up there. Yeah, that's uh, actually we'll, what I was going to ask is, uh, is it going to be open source? At least most of the software will be open source. The Gerbers will be open source so you can make your own. Uh, we're not quite sure on a couple of the features if we want to release them because we may reuse them in future years. And so putting those in the public domain may not be beneficial uh so we still have to decide that as a group we have to have a board meeting around a lot of beer to, to decide that it should be if no one breaks like a certain feature or hacks it don't open source that part so you can <laughs> that sounds it. like a lot more work <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll have to figure out who, who actually breaks certain things but there are some things i think we'll be able to tell if they've broken it at phones home <laughs> iot badges I'm not going to say anything. These DRM are IOT badges. These are IoT, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Be careful connecting to this with your phone, guys. Yes. <laughs> um, one last question. Because y'all were talking yeah. about drinking. What is y'all's favorite beer? <laughs> and is there um, a beer or choice or drink a choice at DEF CON? So the beer that you bring because Vegas does not import good beer. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to know a good way to hack DEFCON with beer is to bring your own bottled Corona. The reason is all the Caesar properties, that's what they sell at the conferences. So you don't have to spend the $9 a bottle. Ah, that's, yeah. that's brilliant. Yeah. That's the, yeah. So, so throw that in a backpack with some ice. That's a good way to do it. Um, as far as my favorite beer, I live in San Diego. Um, so we have a lot of really good beer around here. My personal favorite is the Mother Earth Cali Creamin. And if you can find it on Nitro, it is amazing. So highly recommended if you're in San Diego. It's a small brewery. Do they Might. um do they sell it in stores? Or is it brewery only? It it comes it's in the stores. It's, it comes in twenty twos, uh, as well as uh, in cans so you can drink it in the pool. I've done that a few times. Uh and at the brewery as well and growlers and such but it, it tends to only be in the san diego county area let's see mine it's a toss-up between the local and the next county over i think the favorite that i have and i'm going to be bringing there is the county line rye by surf brewery in ventura county and uh my follow-up would be hoppy poppy ipa from figueroa mountain brewing I'll probably bring a few growlers and a funnel so I can refill <laughs> containers. Sure, that's what you're going to use the funnel for. Yeah. <laughs> refill Corona bottle. <laughs> you know, it's actually really, I never actually thought about doing it that way because we at Pinball Fest, we kind of just bring our own beer and because we have a booth. And so we just fill the cooler up with beer and just have the cooler behind it. And eventually you get in trouble. Because it's like you're drinking beer like that's from Wisconsin and Texas and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a that's good a way idea. to hack it. So I've gotten in trouble. Is that, from, is that an appropriate use of hack, the term hack? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah, Hacking I think so. In this case, that one actually, yeah, that one works. <laughs> it's, 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 it's counterfeiting. Yeah, that's actually more like, yeah, counterfeiting. Customizing. So I've gotten in trouble from, uh, from Paris because I bought a beer at one of their stores and brought it into a conference area. So I don't really feel bad. They're very particular about conference versus casino. Mm. So I don't, yeah, we, we bring our own, our own Coronas in if we want to blend in or we just bring in our own ballast point or something else. Um, one last thing. Do y'all want to start doing like you want to do like a a bottle swap for a beer? Those I sound delicious. Bottles. That yes, would be do. amazing. Because we have some pretty good Texas beer here in Houston yeah. and Austin. I know. I think UPS stole some of the beer when I opened up the podcast. I saw the little soda holders and they were empty. I think. Oh UPS no, they don't have. They, we didn't put beer in them. I'm sorry. <laughs> what if there were cans of something put in there when it was mailed back? That be um, delectable. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I I have I have a Vienna Lager and a, a Munich Dunkel fermenting in my laundry room right now. And when those oh, are nice. done, I can potentially can those up and shoot them off to you, or not can bottle them up. Yeah, you're actually talking I'm, to two home brewers over here too. Yeah, that, yeah so. you know we didn't go off on that. We're home brewers as well. Oh, awesome. Yep. Have you guys ever looked at ProFlow Dynamics? I don't believe so. Never heard they, of them. They have three, stainless steel 304 and 316 if you're concerned about corrosion, but really good quality cam locks. We, we removed all our barbed uh, attachments off our homebrew rigs and went full cam locks that you can assemble and disassemble the thing really nicely, but they have really, really good uh, connectors and adapters. Yo, oh, that's fancy. I'm gonna have to look at that. Uh, I so I have an entire uh, my, my whole rig is SS Brewtech right now. Okay. Uh, and I I'm using barbs, but my next movement with the brew rig is to go Camlock. I'm I'm putting a link in our chat right now. <laughs> awesome. And uh, yeah, if, if y'all are ever in Houston, you know, checking out the fab, we need a brew. Yeah, that sounds great. I would love to do that. I'm totally down. Awesome. And I guess with that, do you all want to sign us out? Yeah, so that was the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We were guest Zap. And I'm Hiram. And we were your hosts, Stephen Craig. And Parker Dolman. Next week, we have our monthly meetup here in Houston on Wednesday, the 31st of May. Uh, you can check the podcast notes for more information. See you later, guys. Take it easy. See ya. See ya.